Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Anna. We've been married for 10 years. This, this is, is Two Peas in a podcast. podcast. Follow along as we talk about marriage, parenting, and life from a biblical perspective. Welcome oh, well, back, everyone. Welcome back, everyone. <laughs> he, tamed, he, he toned it down a little for y'all. Yeah, I tamed it, toned it down a little bit. <laughs> um, I hope you guys enjoyed or got something out of the last podcast that we did. Mm-hmm. On postpartum for Anna. Mm-hmm. This week is, uh, or at least has the potential to be equally uh, serious. Yeah, serious. I was going to say depressing, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I'm kidding. Well, this week we are going to be talking to Mark um, and about the loss of his dad. And um, I'm til- titling this one The Loss of a Parent how to deal with it, and advice for moving forward. Okay. And Anna, so, Anna has questions that I have not seen. I did offer for you. She did offer, but I just decided... Mark said he's just going to wing it. top of the dome. <laughs> you know, we'll see how it goes. So this could be interesting. It could be. and um, No, but it's really just Mark telling his story about um, when he lost his dad and kind of walking us through that and how he coped with it and... How he's learned to move forward today. Let's jump in. Okay. So. I'm a little nervous. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't, um, for one, Mark is um, not an emotional person. Okay. Let's nip that there. I have emotions that I that I show I am emotional that he stuffs down inside. Look, okay, maybe I don't show the emotions. I am emotional, but I don't cry as much as the average person does or whatever, but I still show the sadness and gladness and madness. Anything that rhymes in this. Oh, he shows I madness. I'm just <laughs> kidding. Aiden and I joke though that um we call him the robot. <laughs> I thought that was because I was so strong. Don't. So yeah. Alright. No. Um so anyway, if if Mark sounds like if he doesn't get <laughs> emotional about things and if it sounds like he's just talking like he's just telling a story about something he did the other day, that's just Mark. <laughs> <laughs> to him it's his story and he tells it like any other story. It's pretty but, just his emotions are across the board. I don't know what you're gonna ask, but but when it happened, it was a. I was very, yes, sad. And, I will and say that was that. the last time that Mark cried. It was not the last time, but it was. He one teared of up one other time, and let's just say, um, tell everyone what year was it when you lost your dad? Two thousand eleven. Okay, so we're in in twenty twenty two right now. The last time he really cried, cried, was two thousand eleven. And I really think he just, like, cried all his tears out. Because he really did. Like, that's the first time. And Mark and I were dating dating then. That was the first time I heard him and saw him just, like, sob. (laughs) And that was the last time. Yeah. Not even at the birth of our children or our marriage could he shed a single tear. The one other time that I I cried, that I guess I was on, I hit it pretty well. Was when the Albrights went to to Egypt. I remember crying again. Those are our best friends. For those that might not yeah. remember, 
they um, moved to Egypt. Anyway, I don't think it was a cry, cry, but anyway, I definitely shed tears. Like, but it doesn't matter. All that to say, if Mark doesn't sound emotional, it may seem like I don't care, but it's just how I'm. It's just how I'm just recalling things. Yes. So I'm sorry if I don't go. uh, uh, You know, I just I'm just not going to do that. (laughs) So I'm sorry. Okay, don't apologize. Okay, first, Mark, tell us a little bit about your dad. Okay, stop. Okay, um, dad was Canadian, as are my brother and I. He grew up on a small farm. He, like He's farmed all his life. He graduated high school and didn't go to college. Um, see, there's just the things I'm recalling that nobody else probably cares about, but he smoked for just like 15 years of his life. Um, married mom. I think he was 29 or 30 when he got married to mom. And um, they lived in Canada for the first six or seven years of marriage. And then they were told they couldn't get pregnant or, you know, mom couldn't get pregnant. And then they had my brother and I. Totally out of nowhere. Totally out of nowhere. And then he stopped smoking cold turkey and they moved down to Arkansas. They were living in Toronto at the time. Uh, Moved down to Arkansas uh, where we lived I mean, we still obviously live in Arkansas, but that lived in Arkansas until the day he passed away. Um, kind of like southeast Arkansas? No, north. Is that? Northeast. Northeast, okay. So, so. we started in, we moved to uh, Brooklyn, Arkansas, or Brook, Brooklyn, Arkansas. Brooklyn. Anyway, uh, then we moved to Paragold, which is what I remember, and then to Heber Springs, which is where, that's where he passed away. Um, so we moved before my brother and I's 10th birthday. And he, like I said, he didn't, he just had a high school education. So he took whatever job he could get uh, for the most part. And that's how he supported us. And I later in life found out from my mom, maybe as like early as a year or two ago, found out that when they first got married, they kind of not snuck in, but sort of snuck in, to the country because he, he wasn't uh, and he was not a legal alien yet. <laughs> so he, they, he got some sort of work visa and then just stayed here um, and worked and then got a green card eventually and all that. But anyway, that was dad. Uh, loved hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, wasn't really into any other sport. Um he loved his sweatsuits. He loved his sweatsuits. <laughs> loved the snow. Um, That's how I remember seeing it. Yeah. Played the accordion. Mm-hmm. He was he had a curling trophy, as in like the sport, not like lifting weights, but, you know, curling like I, on ice. He spoke fluent Czech. He spoke fluent Czech, knew a little bit of French, and then obviously English. Um, I'm trying to remember. It's hard. Yeah. Remembering. Um, That's good. Yeah, those are the main, I guess, gists of things. And okay. Again, things that later found out in life that how how like kind he was and stuff, but yeah. not that I didn't know that already, but extra kind. Your mom and him were married for married for thirty one, thirty three. I thought somewhere it was early thirties number of years, and they were close to celebrating another anniversary before, he, like right before he passed away. So they were still very much together and still very much in love. Yeah. 
when he passed. Yeah, and he was 60. Uh, hang on. He, 2011 is when he passed away. He was born in 49. So he's, he's about to be 62. He's was, he was officially passed away on March 1st, and his birthday is March 21st. So he was about three weeks away from turning 62. He was about to retire. Did and you say about that? to retire, too. Yeah. Kind about of all to retire, these things. Have at a once. birthday and celebrate an anniversary. Yeah. Um, okay, so tell us a little bit about when you first got the news, you, when you got a phone call from your mom about what had happened and kind of walk us through, like, what did happen and all that. So, what I remember, I, 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 there are lots of things I can remember really well, and then some things. I, I don't, but I was, I just started a, n- a new job. I would ha- started in January and it, it happened the last day of February. Uh, and, um, she called me and I answered the Your phone. Mom. My mom called me, I answered the phone and, uh, she was just immediately crying. And I think I just said like, hello, you know, and she said, uh, you know, Mark, dad's had a stroke. You you need to come home. And I don't know why, but I, I, I just kind of got up, got my stuff. And I told my boss, I was like, I remember barely getting out. I've got to go. You know, I was starting to tear up then. I, put, I just remember putting a jacket on, so I got to go. And then, um, you know, drove to my apartment. And I remember my, like my, so I told that to my immediate boss and then, like my boss's boss texted me and just said, you know, something like keep us updated, you know, do what you need to whatever, which was really nice. Cause again, I just started, uh, anyway, so I'm driving to my apartment. Um, I grab a, a couple of things. A phone charger was not one of them. I remember cause I had like 10% battery, something really small like that. Um, so then I just start driving call, try to get a hold of Anna. I can't get a hold of Anna. Um, was she was work. at work. Yeah. And, uh, I worked so, at the bank at the time and we were not allowed to have phones on us. Yeah. So I called her roommate at the time, Emily and kind of filled her in as best I could, could get out, I guess of what was going on. And then I just drove, I was just driving and I, this was before I had a smartphone. Um, so I'm not sure I know somebody had to have posted it on social media because I, it worked out like when I got into Conway. Uh, so he ended up, they ended up being, um, okay, sorry. He, I'm like mixing up things a little bit, but he yeah. was taken to Little Rock um, from Heber Springs. And so I was coming from Northwest Arkansas. So when I got into Conway, um, I remember um, calling a friend and just saying, "I need, I need a charger, <laughs> phone charger, because I don't, I don't even know what room he's in or anything, and I've got like three percent battery left on my phone." He's and the friend uh, Bull was just kind of like, "I'm not there, but you know, here's my code. Just go in, do what you need to." So I went in. I mean, maybe literally five to ten minutes, charged my phone just enough to like get me to Little Rock, and. During that time, as I was leave, about to get on the interstate to go to Little Rock, I had another couple friends call me, and it was like two of the perfect friends at the time that could have called me, and and Lauren, Lauren and Chris were their names, or are their names, 
and they were like, we find, we saw what happened. Can we come with you to the hospital? I was like, yes, I would love it. I've been by myself this whole time, just thinking and crying and not, you know, yada, yada, yada. Um, so anyway, they hopped in the car with me and it made it so much better. And, you know, just having people there. Um, yeah, that, anyway. that's a really good tangible way but I, to just be there for somebody. I don't remember honestly the drive from northwest arkansas to conway i just remember leaving and getting there and then getting to little rock um and then asking where you know frank slavic was them telling me i go up to see into the room i see mom and she's you know crying and all that and um i see dad and he's he's kind of making this noise like a snoring noise like a oh oh you know type thing (laughs) And he's kind of moving, like his his body's moving, kind of not wildly, but like kind of almost as if he's having a really intense dream. Um, and so I, you know, I see that, and I, I kind of hug him, and and he's he's asleep, like he doesn't, you know, uh, he he at least can't see me. I I talk to him. I don't know if he was aware or anything like that, but um, I think he was. Anyway, they say hearing is the last yeah to go and they they can hear so you know in my head i kept telling myself oh i know i know people have strokes and they're you know they live and they may not be like 100 percent, but they live and so i kept telling myself that and um i go out to i'm going i leave the room for a second to tell chris and, and lauren like hey you guys can leave if you want to i think things are gonna be fine yada yada and in that i mean literal from from my memory anyway, ten second window, um, my mom comes rushing out and just said he stopped breathing or, or some, something along those lines. Like he stopped breathing, and and I don't remember what exactly happened after that. I, it was some time later that they put uh, Matt was in Texas at the time, so he he didn't know exactly what all was happening. Yeah, but at some time later, they put me and mom in a room with this doctor, and he wasn't a, a, a neuro- neurologist, so he he said he couldn't give a definitive answer until the next day, until the neurologist got there, but he just said, he sat us down and just said, I think your husband is brain dead, in, in some other term, I'm sure, but he just said, I think your husband is brain dead, and then mom just, I remember her saying, are you telling me my husband is dead? And that never caught with me in the moment, you know, I was like, brain dead, that doesn't mean anything right like you can have a heart attack and in my head i was equating it to you can have a heart attack and live and so if you're brain dead can't you just come back from that it just didn't register i guess and um and so he, he, the doctor just said yeah that's that's what i think but i can't give a definitive answer until tomorrow when the neurologist gets here and so that's when the doctor went out and then uh you know, I think mom and I were in there for a little while and then I went out of the room because one of mom's friends came in and I remember just sitting in a chair in the lobby and I lost it. Like I, I had, I'd been shed a few tears from like here and there, but I was trying to keep it all together, I guess, and whatnot. Um, but so many things went through my head in that, in that moment. And I just, one was I'm, I'm like, I've got to be the strong one. I'm the older twin. You know, mom needs me, all this stuff. And then so when I walked out of the room and sat down on the chair, 
I just lost it. Like I've I've never cried that hard, that long, and didn't care who saw me or anything. I just put my head in my hands and just shook, you know. Mm-hmm. And I remember Lauren and Chris, um, or actually when I when I got him out of the room, a couple other friends were there too, and they were you know trying to console me and stuff. And I remember looking up at one point, just through blurred eyes. And seeing another one of mom's friends was like, had her hands on me. And I was like, I remember thinking, when did you get here? <laughs> um, anyway, I don't even remember your original question, but. Oh, that, that's <laughs> what it is. Walk us through like yeah. what happened, how it happened when you got the news. There's a lot in this. Sorry. Um, and then, and then I'll say, so then I, after I kind of settled down for a minute, it was my task because I knew mom couldn't do it to call Matt and let him know and I remember calling him and just saying he could probably tell you better but something along the lines of you know dad's gone or something like that hmm. and I think I said dad's gone you need to come home something like that but but at that time this is probably another podcast but at that time Matt and I didn't have the best relationship it, it, it was nothing like we weren't mad at each other or anything like that. We just didn't have the best relationship. So it was weird to say that over the phone. We should have a podcast with you two brothers and talk yeah. about your relationship. Because you're right, it wasn't a strained relationship. They just were boys and didn't talk. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> it was. But anyway, um, so I remember I You'd told You'd never know that. that now to this day. <laughs> yeah. BFFs. Um, so I told Matt and you know he he got on a flight as soon as he could and came in the next day but so that whole next day I remember um, okay back up I I, the friend's house that let me use his the friend who let me use his house to charge his phone you know of course was like come come stay the night if you want to Mm -hmm. so I remember leaving the hospital I stayed as late as I could I don't remember what time that was but I remember getting to his house and man Bull and Vest are, are their name are, are their names, and they were so sweet to like stay up and talk with me as long as I wanted to talk. And I know they both had to work the next day, you know. So I think we stayed up till I remember staying up till around one or two. Wow! And then I woke up at five the next morning. Uh, if I even went to sleep, I, I honestly don't remember. But I remember waking up at five because the hospital opened at like seven or something but i just you know was kind mm-hmm. of uh so anyway went next morning and then the neurologist was supposed to be there at like 9 a.m but he didn't get there until 5 p.m something uh, like that of course and so we were just in suspense all day in our in our heads like holding our, out hope holding I out hope yeah doing that um anyway and i do remember uh mac finally getting there and dad was just on life support and you know matt got to see dad but they had uh, they officially announced or pronounced him dead at 5 five forty five p.m on march 1st mm-hmm. um or five thirty seven, i think is what the actual time was but okay. anyway um and so that's kind of it and then i got to i picked up anna either later that day or the next day I remember because because Vest drove you down. Yeah, it was the next day. Yeah. Um. So, 
you kind of answered this, but if you want to elaborate, well, no, that's good. Don't apologize. If you want to elaborate any more on this question, what were your initial thoughts and feelings when you found out the news that he was officially gone? Uh, kind of this, like what I said of, of just the, the thought of like, I, I need to be quote unquote, the man of the house for at least for a time being, you know, I've always felt like the older brother, even though I'm a twin, but I've always kind of felt like the older brother. Well, you are older by one minute. It's true. <laughs> um, and I knew, I just knew mom was, you know, obviously just really upset and just wasn't in a, in a great place. And I knew now, like, you know, all these thoughts were going through my head, but I knew she'd be living by herself in Heber Springs. Not that, I had anything to worry about, it's like safety-wise, but she'd just be by herself now. And I also uh, worried about her financially, if she was going to, how she was going to make it mm-hmm. and all that. Um, not that, I mean, she had a, a higher-paying job than Dad did, but I was still worried about it. Yeah. Um, I mean, so those are my initial thoughts. And, you know, I kind of, after I got that really big cry out, I and I cried you know, every day until probably a week after the funeral mm-hmm. or so. And there'd be times even still, I remember in our apartment when we first got married, mm-hmm. I remember watching Lost and there was a scene with Jack and his dad and oh, it got yeah. to me, you know, but. The, I but try- I'd say after the funeral, you definitely after the funeral, I kind of were pushed, losing it, but then. I pushed things probably down, pushed them down emotionally because I just felt like I had this this other hat I had to wear. And it was a, you need to be stronger and you need to just be there for mom as much as you possibly can. And So do you think crying and tears equals weakness? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm, I'm genuinely no, asking that. No, that's not what I'm saying. But do you I think just subconsciously knew, your mind thinks that? Probably. I just knew in the in the moment that, for it didn't to me, and I know it's not necessarily true, but to me, I thought there doesn't need to be me and mom losing it. Like one of us needs to be okay and needs to mo- hold it together. And mom, you know, I'm. I remember she would later say something like, "I, I should have been stronger for you and Matt." Oh, yada yada. No. And she you know, lost I was, her love. Yeah, and so I was just like, "It's fine." Like women are just more emotional anyway for the most part and um i i was just okay with that role that i kind of self-appointed <laughs> of being like a strong whatever yeah the so, caretaker and yeah i guess so because matt was in texas he couldn't you know northwest arkansas is a three and a half hour drive to heber and it kind of stunk but i did it every weekend for a few months just to make sure mom wasn't by herself mm-hmm. and then uh, for Matt, he just couldn't do that, so I knew I had to. I felt I, I felt I had to do that. Step in. Yeah. Well, that's a good son. Um. So then, that being said, this is actually one of my questions. Do you feel like you fully grieved? <laughs> um, excuse me. I I think so. Or do you feel like you cut yourself off? Because no, I don't think I cut myself off. Had to be strong. I don't think I cut myself off because it was so. Um, it was so out of the blue and it wasn't like a three month cancer or something like that. You know, I could mm-hmm. just happen out of nowhere and he was gone. Mm-hmm. 
So I, because it was such a surprise, I had no time to like prepare, I guess, emotionally. Mm-hmm. It was just like, boom, this happened, react. And that's what I did. Um, okay. That's how I feel anyway. Yeah. But. Okay. Um, so what, if anything, did you personally do to cope with his loss? I, I mean, I, I cried. <laughs> Was there anything else you um, you did to help yourself move forward and to cope? Like if anyone's listening and... Okay. Um, hmm. that's, I mean, that's a good question. I, it's, and it's hard to think back on with some of the little things. Because some people, but, when they have a traumatic loss, might go to counseling. Yeah, no, I you didn't know, do anything like do that. that. And I, you know, I probably should... I, I I am not a a prototype of what you should do after a loss, probably. <laughs> Unfortunately, I you know I do tend to like bottle things up, and um, I, I think what I did was initially was push push things off and like be more reserved because I know Anne and I were dating, like we said at the time, and. It, so when when dad passed away when he had a stroke I also remember he texted me that mor- the morning I got Anna's engagement ring um and just said something about the grandfather like they had an earth a small earthquake that made the grandfather clock chime and uh, anyway so I think I I remember I had the ring but I was so all over the place in my head that I kind of I think I think I probably pushed pushed you away a little I mean you definitely didn't didn't think we were gonna get engaged anytime soon and I I just didn't know how to process it all and maybe that was my way of processing is like I don't know how to so I'm just gonna bottle up and I mean that's what I did bottle up and put your efforts into other things well I think (laughs) your way of doing it was putting your efforts into stepping up to be the leader role which isn't a bad thing. Yeah, I just tried to be there for Not mom. Not a bad way to cope. Everyone copes differently. I guess my way was, after the funeral especially, was just be there for mom as much as I could be. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Last question, because okay. I think we've kind of touched on everything. Um, unless you have any last advice or anything. Mm-hmm. Um. Go ahead, ask your question, I'll think. Okay. <laughs> um, what would you tell your dad today if you could tell him one thing? Dang, that's, that's tough. Um, would he would he know, like, my like what my life no, is? No, like, not just one thing. Like, you know, you'd have a few minutes to spill. Like, a minute. Oh, Okay. Oh man, that'd be really tough. Yeah, it's not like you just one thing only. That'd still be just, really tough. Yeah. Just, I mean, I'd want to tell them about you and you know, because y'all, you, you got to be around him a few times. But he and never knew we didn't got really engaged. know you. Yeah, he didn't know we got engaged, and so I remember mom saying something like that, like you know, dad, dad saying, "When's when's he gonna marry that girl?" You know, and that <laughs> kind of stuff, and without me knowing about it, so it'd be fun to like. Well, yeah, I married that girl, you know, I've been married for 10 years and tell them that we got two boys, you know, one's got your middle name yeah. and the other one's got Matt's middle, Matt, 
you know, as a middle name. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. I would just I would just try to spill out as much as I could. But I'd also want to just hear him talk too, mm-hmm. you know, because I just don't remember. It's hard to remember like even how he sound how he sounded and mm-hmm. I don't know. I think too, just when you're a when you're a son or a kid in general, you always want to hear that your dad's proud of you, you know. So it'd yeah. be cool to hear him say that he was proud of me. And I don't know. That's a really good question. Uh, <laughs> Well, I'm not bragging, but I think he'd be pretty proud of you. <laughs> I just would love to, you know, anything and everything I could think of, just to hear him, just to interact with him and all that. And yeah. It'd be really, really fun. Okay. It's one I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit on, I guess, for a little while. <laughs> That's a good question. All right. Well, we'll wrap up there. Um, I will sorry, say, no, sorry. Ahead. Um, you know, when when Dad passed away, like I said, Matt and I didn't have the best relationship, and there were some some really good things that came out of. I hate to say that really good things came out of his death, but one of them was Matt and I's relationship. Like, I think because of it, it did a complete one eighty. Yeah, and there have been some other things that have happened along the way that have pushed just you know, propel this forward. Mm-hmm. But because of that, it was, it was one of those like, okay, wow. Like anything could happen at any, any time, you know, I know it wasn't like a car accident or something like that, but it was still, I mean, he was 61. Was very yeah. Sudden. It was very sudden in 61 and seemingly healthy and all that stuff. And, you know, we just, I just never, in my 20s did not feel like the the son that I wish I would have been and so knowing that now um I still don't do a very good job of it but I still I I try to tell those closest to me that I love them and um just try to be there for them as much as I can because I just felt like I wasn't for dad and I know that he knew that Matt and I loved him and, and all that stuff, but I, I still wish I would have said it more. I wish I would have talked to talked to him on the phone more uh, and just gone to see him more. You know, there are just, there are things I wish I would have done. I'm, I, I know you can't live in, in regret and all that stuff, but um, I just, on on this side, I'm trying to not have those potential regrets one day yeah. of like, oh, I wish I would have, I wish I would have taken Aiden fishing more, or I wish I would have played cars with Everett more, whatever it is. Like, if I'm tired, whatever. Push I try, through. Just, yeah, just try to push through. Because he, he did that a lot. I mean, he worked nights, and he would just he – he never missed a ball game, never missed an, an event or anything. And so I, I want to be that for Aiden and Everett as well. So, anyway. That's good. That's a good – that's a better note to end on. <laughs> I like that. It's not so want want. It's kind of, you know, seeing what you can learn from a difficult situation, you know, yeah. that you were, that was thrown upon you. I think I, uh, that is a good place to, re- to end on. Maybe I shouldn't say what I'm going to say, but I'm going to. Uh, I think <laughs> oh I'm, I think I'm very much a realist and Anna would call me a pessimist sometimes. But um, I, 
with that too, I think there are there are things that happen in life that I that are bad that that happen like dad passing away or whatever it may be that I can there are times when I can see the the good in the bad you know maybe not every time sometimes I'm like oh the worst is happening I have a hangnail and life is awful <laughs> but like when dad passed away after a week or two I saw that there were little things that were happening that I was like, okay, like the Lord has this. And, and as sad as this is right now, I know that his hand is, is in all of this and he's not, he's not going to let us down or, uh, you know, keep keep us sad like this forever. So. I don't know, yeah. Joy comes in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Remind me of that song. Anyway. That's it. That was okay. way too much rambling, I feel like. No, but. it wasn't at all. We're right on time. <laughs> all right. Well, I hope you guys um, got something out of that <laughs> or just, like, learned something new about Mark or anything. That last question did almost get me a little bit. Trying to choke it down, and I did. Suppress, suppress. <laughs> oh goodness all right well we hope you'll have a wonderful week Mm -hmm. i don't really have a challenge prepared for this it could be call your dad up tell you love him there you go or your mom or your mom you don't have a mother or if you don't have a father tell your guardian whoever that is or your wife brother sister just call somebody up let them know you're thinking about them there you go that's it Because you never know what tomorrow holds. True, true. But I know who holds tomorrow. (laughs) Okay, I'm the queen of cheese. I got a saying for everything. (laughs) Okay, y'all have a wonderful week. Thanks for listening. Bye.